For February 21st, 2022, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 712. Emmanuel Enconto. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. We're never happier than when we are hanging out together and discussing what uh, yeah, the things that interest us, what makes us happy. You know, sometimes those things are big blockbuster movies, and sometimes it's just the joy of talking to one another. I'm Matt Rather, and I am here with uh, someone to whom someone. To whom it is a joy to talk. That is Peter Fenzel. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm counting hands here, Pete. One, <laughs> two. Sounds like this is one of our storied two-handers. But I think that this will be one where they speak of us and say, giants walked the earth in those days. Um <laughs> Because, uh, because, well, Pete, I, I know I don't want to give up too much of your, uh, too much of your, you know, secure, undisclosed location. But, um, could you just, could you just describe where you are right now? Give us a, give us a sit rep on the, sure. uh, on the situation that we're in. Uh, 12 o'clock, yeah. whiteboard, faint reflection of myself, long beard, need a haircut, uh. wearing a polo shirt. Uh, one o'clock, fake plant. Two o'clock, double doors leading outward and other double doors leading to maintenance closet. Ah. Three o'clock, abstract painting of the ocean horizon next to a cheap-looking modern-style vase and a handset landline telephone. Uh, If you go all the way to six o'clock, there is a flat-screen TV behind me. And if you wheel it all the way to nine o'clock, you can look out at the highways of northern New Jersey because I am in a hotel in northern New Jersey, in a business, in a conference room that is normally reserved for New Jersey business events. Uh, this is something I managed to negotiate as a place to hold this podcast. Uh, because, Matt, I'll tell you, I'm doing something that I never thought that I would be doing in February. What is that? Uh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> celebrating. You are celebrating Christmas in a conference room in New Jersey. And uh, and you decided to interrupt this. Uh, well, I guess you weren't celebrating Christmas in the conference room. You decided to leave Christmas outside the conference room doors. <laughs> <laughs> Enter the conference room as unchristmassy a place as Scrooge's counting house at the beginning of the uh, uh, at the beginning of Dickens' A Christmas Carol, just to do a you know just to do a, a, a podcast. Now I'm not sure that people, uh, Pete, understand. Um, the heroism, you know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a hero, Matt. What's a what's a hero? You know? Yeah, exactly. I would say hero, anyway? but what? Sometimes there's a man. Sometimes there's a fence. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that you know, Pete. That but but uh, it, you know, it's not like we could just. It's it's not the 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 podcast comes out. I. I hear this attributed to Lauren Michaels a lot. The show starts, uh, the show starts because it's, it's, um, you know, Saturday at 1130, not because the show's ready, you know? Uh, and so Saturday 11, I don't know, even know when Saturday Live starts anymore. It, it doesn't even matter because we all watch it on YouTube, but, uh, the podcast comes out. 
because it's you know 12:01 a.m. Eastern on uh, on a Monday morning, as it has for the last 13 years and change. Uh, the podcast doesn't come out. I'm just saying, Pete, we can't issue a rain check. You know, right, right, exactly. But you uh, would think that you would be able to do one for Christmas either, and you kind of can't. Sort, I mean, sort of. Is it what? So what? Uh, when you say you're celebrating Christmas, Pete, what does that? What exactly does that involve? I'm I'm exaggerating to an extent because it doesn't involve most of Christmas, but it involves some of Christmas. So to clarify, I am visiting family whom I was unable to visit during the holiday season because of the Omicron wave of the COVID nineteen virus. Mm-hmm. Right. So because of the Omicron wave is in particular near where I lived and here in New Jersey, uh, we decided not to make the trip, as did my other family members who might have convened on this location for us to celebrate Christmas together. And uh, so, I mean, it's no secret that I'm from New Jersey. And uh, it's also no secret that I think if you were to come looking for me, you wouldn't find me, even if I told you I was in a hotel by the highway, because that's like half of the housing units that are available. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no. no. (laughs) Uh, But yes, it's... um, when we heartbrokenly determined that we were not going to be able to visit for Christmas, that we would not in fact be home for the holidays, uh, that, um, you know, I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. We did assure that when February break rolled around for the various people who were in schools or teaching in schools or working in schools, that we would make another visit and that we could convene here with those who could make it and that we would see each other. And in particular, uh, that, you know, my extended family could spend some time with my son who hasn't really had much of a chance to meet a lot of them more than in passing over the course of the last two years. So, yeah, so this is sort of cousins hanging out time, kids hang out together time. He did sit down with his grandmother and get a bunch of Christmas presents. Um, I got a couple of Christmas presents, which I was totally not expecting. Uh, most of us, most of us, had either done the thing where we shipped the presents to each other or kept the presents and then had Amazon ship the presents. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of discussion about the logistical choice between. Whether you try to spend the money to ship the thing you already bought or whether you order that thing again or perhaps even something better, more available at a better price and have that shipped to them because we were going to do a big gift exchange, which, of course, didn't happen. Uh, So my family, we had come down on the side of ship it, even if it costs more than the thing that we were shipping, which I think it only was in one or two cases. Mm. But uh, but yes. But the point is that we had a big family gathering today where Encanto was blasting and the kids were running around like crazy and everybody was having a good time and there were chicken nuggets for the little ones and meat with mushroom sauce for the big ones and uh, everyone was kind of... uh, We had our big family dinner tonight. Yeah, between between chicken nuggets and and meat with mushroom sauce, Pete, I am a big one, but uh, I'm going to go with chicken nuggets. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that right now, you know? I'm telling you that right now. I'm going to go with chicken nuggets. Well, I guess it depends on the provenance of the chicken nugget. <laughs> this is a. You, you don't, do you not like mushroom sauce, man? No, I mean, I, I like mushroom sauce fine, but I think, I, I think, uh, and certainly an excellent, um, an excellent mushroom sauce would beat out an excellent chicken nugget. But here's the thing would the average chicken nugget, 
would the would the chicken nugget that you're likely to get anywhere? I mean, even you know, even in the Fenzel household, where you know ch- ch- you've raised both chicken nuggets and and uh, a mushroom sauce to to a high art, you've ennobled you've ennobled our need to nourish and sustain ourselves with food uh, by the the haute cuisine version of uh, chicken nuggets and mushroom sauce that you have. Even under those conditions, I'm planning, you know, for an average case dinner at somebody house, not the, the temple of gastronomy uh, to which you repaired today. I'm talking about just a, just, you know, and in the average case, what is better, the average chicken nugget or the average uh, mushroom sauce? And I, I got to go with the, I got to go with the chicken nugget. You know, I'm just saying. I would be offended if I had not eaten a variety of cream of mushroom soups out of cans over the years and found them to be repulsive. There are some bad mushroom concoctions out there, even though I find mushrooms in general when I eat them to be delicious. Uh, so I can see where you're coming from on that. It's yeah. very possible to make a bad mushroom sauce. Gotta, gotta open up that, that Campbell's soup can. Yeah, I mean, they've solved mushroom sauce. You just open up that Campbell's soup can of condensed cream of mushroom <laughs> soup, pour it over whatever you're doing, you know, yep. three, 350 for 30 minutes. Boom. Yep. Dinner's, dinner's ready, kids. Just pour it over the lock and then hit it with a hammer, and then you can break into the bank and steal money to go buy a good mushroom sauce. Do you have? It's, do you have Pete a, a uh, like a childhood dish that you had and ate that you love irrationally, though it is not something. Though perhaps your sort of current dietary convictions or your you know tastes, your evolved adult tastes or something like that, uh, might you know consider it a little not exactly beneath you but it's not something that you would want it's not something that you would necessarily order or think of making yourself and yet you love it uh so dearly i mean i i ask because i have one but i'm wondering if you do sure i my relationship is probably not exactly the same as what you described but i have a very long and passionate relationship with cottage cheese oh interesting i love cottage cheese love 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 it and uh non-fat full fat two percent you know, I, there have been long stretches where cottage cheese was my main protein source when I was poor and or thin. Um, the things were not unrelated. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, I mean, one of the classic dinners that my mom would whip up when, you know, and I don't think that she would refer to this as a classic dinner. I don't think she thinks that these nights is particularly special would be sort of a breakfast for dinner of cottage cheese and eggo waffles. Uh, and of course this is for five kids, mm. right? So, uh, and I have fond memories of that. And, oh, and yeah. I have fond memories. You know, gotta, you know what's great is uh, you get some cottage cheese or some Greek yogurt and you have it with some cantaloupe melon. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty solid, man. It's pretty it, solid. So, yeah, that I, is, I love cottage cheese. Yeah. That, I love that. I, you know, we used to do it with uh, our dinner like that. The uh, kids' dinner is ready dinner. It was a... Um, was a, a a hot dog split lengthwise, topped with mashed potato flakes and a mm. and a slice of Kraft American cheese cooked in the microwave until the oh, whole thing. Man. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was good times. But mine, Pete, is Stouffer's lasagna. Uh, just Ooh. just a big tray of of Stouffer's la- and and Pete, I can mess up a tray of Stouffer's lasagna. Like I can go, I can eliminate uh, a. a you know, a, a tray of, of Stouffer's lasagna. I, um, yeah, I once, I read a memoir once, a, uh, a military memoir, uh, by an officer in the army who was commanding for one reason or another, uh, a unit of Marines. And, uh, it, they were, um, 
you know, in, uh, fighting an enemy, right? And uh, he ordered the, the Marines um, destroy that weapon, or there was like a, a machine gun dug in somewhere, destroy that weapon. And I uh, went on to say, I didn't know that to, that the the command I wanted was suppress that weapon. To uh, to a marine, destroy means create a smoldering pile of rubble where that thing used to be, and uh, that is what I do to a tray of Stouffer's lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> now I forget it was. I I remember really liking this memoir, and I can't I can't call to mind the uh, I can't call to mind exactly what um what it was. Maybe someone will know, or maybe my uh, yeah. maybe my details are wrong. I would love to be. I would love to know more details so, or be. If you've read a memoir where somebody uh, uses aerial bombardment and a full-scale ground invasion to utterly and thoroughly consume a tray of Stouffer's lasagna, please leave the name of that book in our Discord channel under in our channel hashtag podcast notes. Yeah, right. Uh, or is it hashtag podcast th- thoughts? Right, po- podcast thoughts. Yeah, I think the, I, all of our Discord channels or on our Discord are different kinds of. Th- thoughts because mm-hmm. it's over thoughts right yep. so uh, we're overthinking as it were so yeah come to podcast thoughts and tell us about the book that you read in which they annihilate a machine gun nest and i, uh, I, I think I, that would be and i and then do it what you can do it while you are annihilating some uh some Stouffer's Stouffer's lasagna. <laughs> anyway, I think this idea is fascinating, Pete. You you got you got a rain check for Christmas. You know, you got yeah. a rain check for Christmas. Well, yeah. Did I really though? <laughs> is sort of the question. Yeah, right? that's it's, interesting. Uh, it's interesting to think about. I mean, I, I want to relate it to my experience with Encanto, where everyone other than me and my family has already seen it, and I just I just never watched it. And I watched a lot of movies. I saw West Side Story in the theater, but for whatever reason, I didn't see Encanto. I think I had certain friends of mine i wanted to know their opinion of it uh, and i wanted them to see it first and i never really ended up checking in with them to see if they actually saw it and i think i was a little bit anxious about whether they were going to do you know latin american history and culture justice because i saw west side story in the theater uh, but not, that's 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 not even not perhaps a, a fair joke about west side story but the point being that like i had an, a bunch of anxiety around whether Encanto was going to be something that was going to make me happy or going to make me sad. Yeah, whether, whether, such, like, whether I didn't see it. Whether Encanto was going to make you uh, enchanted or whether it was going to make you encanceled. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be the Encanticle of Leibowitz. Um, it's, it's, uh, but no, I think I think the idea is I just I, I invested in Encanto with too much, and as such, it was never the kind of thing where I'm just going to turn it on and watch it on Disney Plus on a random night uh-huh. it's not a podcast topic so if it had been a sort of but i saw you know onward and i saw soul right and, and i mean i guess i didn't see luca um and but Can- i see my fair share of these and Can- movies and canto is better than all three of those movies. So, so it's really good i mean it's weird because i also feel like the last month or so has been kind of a blur because it's been so bitterly cold and i've been so locked up in my house that i just feel like I've missed a whole bunch of stuff, even though I've been talking to you guys every week and I've been, you know, trying to, per, you know, peruse as much pop culture as possible. Encanto is legit really, really good. Yeah. Did did okay. you not watch it today? Well, no, because everyone was screaming and running around eating chicken nuggets. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It was on. And I was talking with my sisters about it. I think this relates to the idea of rain checks, which I think is the sensible to- topic of our uh, story two-hander, right? It's yes. sort of the idea of, like, can you really go home again? And I don't mean ever. I mean the next time. Right. right? Like, like, like two months later, can you really do the thing that you wanted to do before? The, everyone else had already developed these like very strong opinions and feelings and attachments to this movie to the point where when it played – Everyone was singing, even the kids who did have full command of language, right, were, were singing the songs from this movie. 
And I felt myself not liking the movie as a result of my situation in that social setting. Mm. And I said this, it's like, oh, it's inescapably now. I can't like this movie because in order to cope with the thing that has just happened, I can feel myself justifying to myself, well, it can't have been that good. Mm. Everyone else must have overrated it because they all love it so much and I don't. Rather than the real truth, which is just that I have entirely missed out on a whole bunch of joy that everybody else has been participating in, mm-hmm. uh, in an area that everybody expects me to be good at and, and attuned to, which is, you know, movies and pop, especially popular movies. Um, and I, and I feel embarrassed and I feel shameful, uh, and I, and I feel like lost. Right. And I have to cover that up by being like, Encanto's not good. Right. Uh, in order to sort of cope with that. And I, I know that's not right, but I can feel it taking root. And it just says to me, this is the cost of having not watched it. This is the cost of the rain check of coming back later, right? Is that I thought that there was going to be infinite amount of time for me to watch Encanto and like it, but because there wasn't, mm. I have now have an irrational feeling about it. That's I'm never going to be okay with. And I'm sure that I'll, at some point I'll watch it and it will be great. And I'll have to wrestle with that side of myself, but I don't know who's going to win that. I know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm that's, scared. that's interesting. <laughs> P that, that like the, the, the the so the the topic of missing out right cuts mm-hmm. cuts in a, a couple of ways like is it that that you have missed out as as you know you being the only person the only child ha- having person in the western hemisphere who has not seen encanto <laughs> or is it you know or you know other kinds of missing out is when a baseball game is like canceled by rain which is where the you know the the phrase comes from and you get a ticket you know uh to be redeemed later uh for a baseball game so that you can come and watch a baseball game without rain. If your game is, is, is rained out. And so there's to a certain extent there, there's a promise of equivalent value, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're going to get something that to a certain extent makes you whole, you know, that, that makes up for what you've lost. And, and that's, I mean, and, and as the term has been, you know, kind of entered into idiom um and and doesn't actually refer to like a paper ticket you know that they hand you that is like a rain check for a baseball game that you can you can come back to and and means more like um you know a a a promise to reschedule a canceled social event you know or something like that like Mm -hmm. a you know a, a low stakes social event probably like like uh you know catching up drinks with a former colleague or something like that um that like uh you know that like it it is it is still sort of a it is still sort of a promise you know it is it's still kind of a debt uh that you know goes on your your social or psychic or whatever balance sheet that you have to that you have to make good on in the future and yet like what you, you know what you're talking about with with Encanto is like you you weren't given you weren't offered a rain check you took a rain check Right. Mm -hmm. And that, and that, uh, that taking a rain check has consequences for you, you know, in terms of like actually being able to value the thing in an equivalent way, uh, when you come around and come back to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's that these things, they take place in an occasion, which would run against our, Benjamin, right? That we've talked about so much because what is that? Yeah. The the aura, the aura of the you know the work, right? Is not is actually yeah. We're we're back we're back with our friend Stanley Fish talking about the like the social conditions under which under which reading takes place, right? And also the notion that well, Encanto exists as a digital file that you can 
you know, consume in any context. I could be watching it right now while I was talking to you. It would be hard to pay attention, but I could because, you know, I have a device that can, is capable of doing it that I carry out of my pocket everywhere that I go. So except the shower because I don't have pockets in the shower. But um, not because I wouldn't if I had pockets. But uh, but yes, this idea of because Encanto is re- replicated endlessly everywhere, and because Encanto is sort of ever present, then Encanto can't necessarily exist in a given time and place as an art object, which runs up against the notion of well, the time that I saw it was a special particular time, and then and so in that case my memory of it is somewhat fixed, even if the art itself is reproduced and reproducible. And my interaction of it is going to be colored by the way that I encountered it, which is also something that takes away from any sort of original intent or any sort of original idea of where this thing might have been, you know, made to be. Uh, Instead, it is where I chose to watch it. But, But at the same time, then there's, if not a consensus, then a certain centralized you know center of gravity of of the people around you having watched this reproducible thing in a different situation or circumstance or time frame that even though it seems utterly commodified you can't you can't really i mean you could i maybe you can't but i i'm finding myself not in the position to right one to 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 retranscend not even retranscend because the commodity is the sort of lower order area, but to sort of dismiss all these higher order concerns about the context of watching this movie and just watch it for watching it, right? And oh, just watch it, you'll enjoy it. And now there's all this stuff. And, and modern culture and modern literary criticism tells me there shouldn't be all this stuff because this thing is, is a commercial object, right? And it isn't special because it's commodified corporate art. Uh, but, but actually, you know, when I am surrounded by children all screaming, you know, it, it definitely feels very immediate, <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't feel like something that is uh, that is bought and sold. It feels as as vivid a part of my life as any experience where you're kind of like, you know, sitting Indian style. Can I even say that anymore? I don't even know. Probably uh, not. Talk, yeah, probably not. But I got to come up cross legged, uh, you know, with my my arms around my son Chris, who's incapable of sitting on the floor and eating Chris crisscross crisscross applesauce. You know, yes, crisscross applesauce. Dipping 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 the nuggets in applesauce, which <laughs> sounds delicious. Go. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, you, you get what I'm saying, right? The idea of is Encanto, does Encanto have a sort of transitive property of still being Encanto regardless of where it is? Uh, and the answer is no. But then does that constitute a sort of weakening in general of Encanto? Or rather, is there a sort of Encanto prime uh, that, that can exist within a circle of people that you're on the outside looking in on? And what does that do to you when you encounter it next? This whole stuff sounds obvious as I flesh it out, but sitting down with it, it came as a surprise. Um, I guess I'm comparing it to other similar experiences where all of us have gone to watch a movie together, even if we were in the same place. Like like OTI Movie Night, where we all watched Battleship the movie and then played Battleship. And that was wonderful. <laughs> you know, and that was that dream, right? Is that we were going to get people all over the world to all watch the same movie on the same night, but not together. Right. We weren't going to bother with like a Netflix party or any sort of chat, right? It was going to be everyone's going to go see it, and then everyone's going to do a thing, and we're all going to do the same thing. And we're all going to see the same thing. And then later, as we all look back on it together, we will have all shared an experience. And it doesn't necessarily require the active interaction of communication methods between us and among us uh, to make that be an experience that we all shared. Um, and And it's interesting to think about, you know, if you were not there, 
when that happens, if you're not in the room where it happens, Matt, then where are you? But, well, right? yeah, I mean, I want to be, I want to be in the room. No one else was in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. Yeah, no, I'm go. sorry. Wrong Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh. We're talking, we're talking about, we're talking about Encanto and we, we don't, Mary Poppins returns. We don't talk about <laughs> Bruno. No, 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 we no. We don't no. talk about in the Heights. Um, <laughs> not, not in the same breath as West Side Story. We don't. Um, we do because we talked about extensively. We talked about West Side Story, uh, but yeah, never mind. We that, move on. We'll move on. That's uh, yeah, that's a good point. I remember that night primarily, Pete, as the night where I first met Ben Adams, Overthinker Ben Adams, oh, uh, yeah. drove, you know, an, an hour, 90 minutes down the coast of California from where he was stationed uh, at the time to meet and hang out with with me in um, in in Culver City. And we went to my my late lamented uh, uh, Arclight movie theater. And, you know, watched, uh, watch Battleship with the, with the bomb, the Zimmerian bomb pulled up to, uh, you know, the turned up to, to teeth shattering, uh, you know, levels of, of volume and, uh, then enjoyed, uh, an enjoyed, enjoyed an adult beverage or several together and, uh, met a, you know, met a good new friend. And so like, I am, I am, or I, I mean, I guess like we, we had met online, met in person for the first time, uh, and strengthened time with someone who was already a good friend and i i like uh i remember it like and i like i like that memory i sort of cherish that memory for for that reason and not because of uh of like rihanna and uh uh what's his name taylor kirsch you know whole <laughs> carrying an actual bomb <laughs> down As you know the literal one that was carrying them <laughs> right. the figurative one rather the, the, yeah exactly that, that well yeah i mean if you i, I don't know Pete, my body is a weapon you know the the uh your body's a wonderland Matt. oh got it sorry wrong uh <laughs> wrong, wrong song uh, um man. but that's uh yeah i mean and and so it's 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 interesting when you when you think about that because the the quality you know you're 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 talking about kind of the you're talking about uh Emmanuel Kant a little bit right because there there is the encanto on seek you know <laughs> Emmanuel Encanto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Emmanuel Encanto. Uh and the and the film the you know uh the file on Sikh uh out there that that um you know exists in some sort of notional notional realm. But any uh you know, right we're what we're doing, Pete, is we're mediating between the 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 Cartesians, between the the continental rationalists and the the British empiricists, you know. Anything any anything that's out there, any sort of capital R reality that's out there has to be experienced. And the 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 experience is is subject to interpretation. And the experience is highly subjective, you know. However uh, uh however commodified the uh the you know little dolls of all the all the Encanto characters are. Um yeah, that's uh um and and that, you know, I don't know, the the I I feel like you've you've discovered the uh the Copernican revolution in Christmas. But the but <laughs> but Pete, the um the, the Christmas itself, right, is is a thing like this. It seems like you you are actually successfully 
recreating uh you have a successful uh rain check for christmas and that you know you have you have a celebration with uh, with your lo- friends and family and loved ones all around you and their all their families and all the little kids running around and that's like uh that is successful that's happening the the way it ought to you know and uh and yet no one else if you look at the larger social context you know like uh, in a christmas carol dickens talks about about christmas as being like the time when everywhere where you like walk up and down the streets saying nice things to one another you know like just feeling feeling uh the 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 comedy of of humanity you know the the um the kind of the well wishes of your your friends and neighbors all around you and the you know looking at the the fat plump geese in the store or a turkey hanging it was a turkey hanging in the in the store window and things like that and that social context was important now i i um I don't know if you walked around, walked up and down the highway in North Jersey with your family, uh, you know, giving, wishing everyone well as you met them, just, saying just wassailing, yeah, just exactly. like in traffic, just wassailing <laughs> right. in traffic. But I, I expect you would be honked at or you know, perhaps hit in the face with a two by four or something like that. I mean, I don't know. My, my, uh, my uh, image of New Jersey is is. Um, you know, uh, colored by the the media that I've consumed about about New Jersey, but I just you know I don't know I yeah. just I just assumed well, I woke they, up they this morning punch- and I got myself a gun. Okay, and then- <laughs> did, you, did you did you put it in a lockbox in the in the back of your electric all electric Chevy Silverado? <laughs> well, no, but we 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 took a left outside of the hotel driveway, and then we went down this dusty beach road by the skeleton frames of burned out Chevrolets, and uh-huh. that was pretty great. Oh, wow. definitely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was really cold outside today. You might even suggest that it was a Tenth Avenue freeze out. <laughs> but but no, to answer your question, no, we we didn't do Christmas, right? Because because a rain check Christmas is worth doing, but it's not Christmas. And at the same time, even saying it's not Christmas doesn't accurately describe what it is, which is wanted and special and good and and one of a kind. And and I think that it's interesting to think about how difficult it is to describe what I'm doing right now. Yeah, no, Other I think than that I'm in a hotel conference room. Maximum I, occupancy 42. So if there's 41 other people who want to come into this live taping, <laughs> they could, yeah, they could show up and, and, uh, and, and hang out. Are you, I mean, did everyone pick the same hotel to go into or are you, are you, did everyone? No, just no, no. Choose? We're the only ones that are, that don't live here that are here. Oh, there's other got people it. who live in the general area that are able to all come together into similar sorts of Oh, under, under the from out of town were not able to make it in for this. I, they actually held their own West Coast Christmas. So there was an East Coast Christmas and a West Coast Christmas, and then us in New England, we just didn't travel. Yep. And and I think that that's just because the, uh, I mean the the Omicron was really peaking at the time, sure. and it was it, and also we had a giant snowstorm. But uh, it was one of those things where it was like we were the ones who didn't see anybody. Yeah. Uh, um, so, it's hard. I, I did that this yeah. year too. It's hard to be. It's hard to to be responsible. But I like I like West Coast Christmas. Um, the uh, you know that's the, you know it's what we do. We go we go surfing. You know we feed uh, uh, feed legal marijuana to all the babies everywhere. Um, give it to, <laughs> to you know it's the the is that what Encanto is about? Is that why they all love it so much? <laughs> the traditional the traditional <laughs> gifts of the the of, of gold frankincense gold frankincense and weed. 
um, that is what, you know, what we have. No, uh, speaking of Christmas specifically though, Pete, like I, I feel like I have a perspective on this. I nearly said a unique perspective. Um, but it's not that unique. Um, it, in fact, it's not unique at all, given how many people grew up in a similar situation to me. But I, you know, I grew up, I, my parents were divorced, right? And so I had multiples of each celebration. Um, which, you know, I guess like when you're a kid and you feel like that, like multiplies the presence, there's a, a part of that to get excited about, but, but ultimately it's just kind of exhausting. Just, you know what I mean? Like performing, performing that much childlike glee is, uh, just really a, a feat of emotional, a feat of emotional labor. And the, you know, and the, the grownups don't like it, Pete. They don't like it when, they, you know, you get your, like, uh, you get your, I don't know, like Hot Wheels ride in a little, a electric vroom vroom car and you're like oh this is this is a really lovely gift thank you they don't that doesn't do it for them yeah. <laughs> you know they want, like, a straightforward a straightforward and heartfelt expression of thanks does not when you're you know no they want you you know bouncing bouncing off the walls and it's hard it's hard to do with with doubles of of yams and doubles of turkey and doubles of stuffing and doubles of you know in Tri- your triples in your is little... best triples of the triples of the roadrunner is best but no, that's so uh, i have a very vivid christmas memory i want to plug into this moment uh it is a i guess this is now a rain check a rain check christmas podcast but maybe it's more of a rain check podcast the rain check christmas podcast but back in 1987 that was the christmas where i got a nintendo entertainment system Ooh. and and so i remember it because of how the amygdala works i remember it relatively well, even though I was only seven years old, uh, I, have, I have sort of very strong impressions of different experiences that I had uh, that that day and opening my gifts, right? I'm, you know, a little kid. I had at this point have, you know, uh, three little sisters, one of whom is a baby. Uh, and uh, and we're, we're opening gifts under the tree in, in New Jersey. And I remember this, this feeling I remember this sensation that wasn't. And I can't. I shouldn't describe it just as a feeling because it didn't exist just for me. My oldest younger sister also seemed to be participating in this feeling. This seemed to be a uh, a social, uh, a meme, I suppose, of some mm. sorts that had sort of passed between us and had kind of uh, maybe even you might even describe it as a carnival esque state where we were kind of inverting some sort of normal expectation for what would be going on and the kind of the world was turned upside down. But then the, the result of it was every gift that I opened, I remember saying, it's what I always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and not like ironically, right? Like, like earnestly having the experience in the moment of opening every single gift and being like, this is what I always wanted. And, and, and almost in the competitive respect with my sister as well, where she was also doing it. And so they were sort of like reinforcing it and bouncing it off of each other. And I remember very specifically opening this board. It was like a plastic board that came with felt numbers. Okay. Right. And, and I remember what these felt numbers tasted like, <laughs> they tasted like felt and you would put the numbers on the board. Right. And this is a year when I got a Nintendo, we also got this board with felt numbers on it. And I remember opening this and being like, it's what I always wanted. <laughs> even though there is no universe in which it is even remotely feasible. Nobody who actually wants a felt numbers board knows what a felt numbers board is before they get it, which is the reason why it's exciting. <laughs> right? like, like the idea that is something that's sort of like teaching you kind of the basic understanding of like reading and writing and, and kind of symbols and how symbols might function were you to become facile with them. Like you cannot 
encounter this sort of very basic teaching tool and experience that as a fulfillment of a long-held dream, unless you're Davos Seaworth, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Shireen is like, I'm going to teach you about Lady Jonquil. Uh, Lady Jonquil. The, the, um, well, Pete, like, uh, you know, Davos man lives by a different set of uh, different set of rules than all the rest of us. Yeah, the faith of the seven, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's, that's the idea, right? Is that like, but I very earnestly and sincerely in the moment felt that this was what I always wanted. And in retrospect, I wonder how much this was a sort of experience of being a child and getting reinforced to me from my parents, how much they liked it when I said that. Mm. And me being not and, and not necessarily experiencing that as like, well, I better do this to make them happy again, but not having the differentiation in my mind between myself and my parents yet to understand that this was the opinion of another person. Mm. And I just sort of internalized in myself that saying that this is what I always wanted was like the fulfillment of what a Christmas present ought to be mm -hmm. uh, for a child. Um and so yeah, so this sort of feels related to what we're talking about with regards to like, you know. You do these rituals, and if you if you try to recapitulate them over and over again, so that everybody who might participate in them gets the chance to participate in them, it's going to be really hard to manufacture the same level of response that they might expect from you if it were the first time or the most special time. Um, if not the first time, probably not the first time, because the first time you probably don't understand what's going on, right? You sure. sort of you learn your way into into gifts. You, you figure out what a gift is over time, and, and then you sort of have moments where they mean certain things to you in certain parts of your life. But yes, like this when, – when we sat down to open up the Christmas presents that we still had yet to do here in mid-February, um, I think that there was a beauty in the fact that we weren't really pretending that we were as excited about it as we would have been if they were on Christmas. Mm. And of course we joke about it a little bit, you know, all these penguin wrapping papers, or it's not really a Christmas present, right? Even though it's like, like clearly if it were a Christmas present, the penguin wrapping paper would be entirely okay. But because it wasn't like Santa wrapping paper, then it also felt entirely okay now, which, you know, if you don't believe in, uh, kind of uh Sunapala pipe like there you go with the with the penguin wrapping paper <laughs> the, the christmas versus february wrapping paper uh, uh and the transcendental wrapped as it might be said <laughs> but is it i mean <laughs> is it a christmas present is it a february is it a valentine's day present like does it matter well that's interesting um, yeah that's interesting yeah, yeah. like is it what are the bound what are the present giving you know bound boundaries the day the temporal boundaries of of present giving but pete it's not it's not a Christmas present wrapping paper because it is from the South Pole and not from the North Pole. Is <laughs> that's even more specific than I thought. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. I that. thought that's what you were going with. I thought that's no, what I mean, the I, I thought that's well, what the knock penguin, on it was. Like a penguin is because it's like okay. So of course, as we all know, right? In 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 I want I'm going to say one of the sort of features and not bugs of the expansion of Catholicism was that it incorporated local customs rather than entirely overriding them. Yep. Right. In order to sort of, uh, in order to sort of, in some cases more violently, in some cases much less violently, right? Kind of like uh, gather up and continue forward with the culture of this sort of people uh, in a new in a new sort of framework that was connected to these other cultures that were doing similar things in different ways. And there was this sort of like loose 
kind of practice of all this stuff that was being governed, of course, by this clergy that had this kind of uh, very federated relationship with each other. But, but the point being that, like, okay, you know, Easter, people are like, oh, why are there eggs on Easter? Mm-hmm. And it's Because it's a rebirth holiday, right? Like, <laughs> it's the spring, because things are growing in the spring. It's about rebirth, and it's the resurrection feast, and the rabbits, they have lots of babies, and there's, like, like, it's interesting to think of those things as, like, ha-ha, this is proof this is all irrelevant, or, like, ha-ha, this is proof that this is relevant. Right, like sure. the symbolism all sort of makes sense together, even if it doesn't make sense together. Uh, and and I guess Christmas being a winter holiday uh, is related to Christmas being a uh, well. Those are people who just like, didn't who just didn't see Encanto, you know. And they're yeah, <laughs> right, like, like uh, me. I have no idea what any of this means because I haven't seen Encanto, and it's going to teach me all about everything. Uh, <laughs> but that you know, it's going right. Like, well, it's are you are you invested in the idea? you know, that this is a good movie that makes sense, you know, or are you invested for whatever reason in the idea, you know, that this, this is a bad movie and people shouldn't, shouldn't like it, you know, that Easter is a bad movie that, you know what I mean? That like, the, the <laughs> <laughs> like it's path dependent Yeah, exactly. you're coming from the idea that you're going to like it Canto. And then you're like, wow, this is awesome. It surpassed all my expectations. <laughs> well, well it's idea, awesome. Yeah. And the rabbit, the rabbits are all symbols of rebirth or, you know what I mean? Like the, the, yeah. or, or, you know, fecundity and, and spring, you know, like the, the, or, you know, Oh, it's awful. This is a, a horrific, syncretic, uh, you know, um, really, it's it's like a like a ball of moss that just rolls downhill, gathering everything in its in its path, and and has snowballed into this global world religion that is uh, that is commodified into an animated movie with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda writing songs <laughs> for it. <laughs> you know, away, away. we don't talk <laughs> about Easter. No, no, no. What what is that, Matt? I don't know what that is. That you don't. You, <laughs> I do though. That's the thing. It's it's forbidden knowledge. I shouldn't know, but I know. I, for, uh, I yeah. I've been, I'm on the I'm on the spin class uh, side of the. You know, Pete. There are two kinds of people, Pete. There there are people with yep. a Peloton in their living room, and there are people with a squat rack in their garage. And I think <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what side of that great un, unbridgeable yeah. divide you and I stand. Yeah. So upon. if you wanted to get the sum total of all human experience, you've come to the right two man podcast. <laughs> Because together we encompass all of human experience, <laughs> both the pelotons and the squat racks, mm. <laughs> both the living rooms and the garages, which of course everyone has. <laughs> but my 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 like I, the the point I was trying to make, Pete, was uh, about penguins you know, are not Santa Claus. <laughs> no, even if you dress them up, you know, like no. the, the coke the coke commercials all had polar bears. They didn't have yes. uh, penguins. It was you know yes. the Arctic, North Pole, North South Pole, Pole different places. <laughs> But the you land know, versus water underneath the ice. <laughs> I want well. I mean, now it's just water. But you know, hey, yeah. this uh, you know, <laughs> good good luck, kids at Christmas. <laughs> Enjoy your presents. The um the the point I wanted to make about sort of gro- growing up with kind of multiples of holidays was that like I grew up with with a lot of people really invested in the idea that you can kind of muscle your way into you know into making christmas happen you know and that in in that that it's like it's just like a, an act of will you know it it's just you 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 squeeze you squeeze hard against the emotional constipation and and something will happen the the you know the magic of the season will move in in your heart and that um that like 
<laughs> somewhere. And that's like, uh, you know, and, and like, that's kind of had how we sort of had to, had to proceed. And I just, I feel like, what you're saying, what you're saying in counterpoint to that is uh, more or less nah, and uh, and I I think that that's right, and to to a certain extent, like if you accept the nah, you know, uh, if you kind of accept that you can't, um, that you know that you, that you kind of can't make it happen again exactly the same way that that you can't, you know, I don't know that 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 you can go to another baseball game. Um, but it's not exactly the same game and doesn't have exactly the same sort of thrills or exactly the same, you know, uh, suspense or whatever. I mean, I, uh, that, that the rained out baseball game would have, you know, if you stop saying, Oh, this is not that other game and just say, and like, stop trying to like muscle it into being, uh, that other game, you know, because you're very strong because you've been working out on your squat rack. Like the, uh, <laughs> when you stop doing that, you can sort of watch the game that you're watching and, you know, start to, start to enjoy it, enjoy it for what it is. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know the, the, uh, and and well, it it's possible to make a space for yourself. I I think Pete, what you need to do is you need to watch Encanto in secret. You yeah, know, yeah. You, you need to watch it in secret where no one knows. Um, you know, and and Pete, I th- I think this is actually in scripture. Do not watch Encanto in the public square as the Pharisees do, as the scribes and the Pharisees do. Right? I tell you, yeah. they they have their reward. Uh, instead, watch Encanto in secret. And, you know, the Lord who sees movies in secret, uh, will know that you are watching, <laughs> that you are watching Encanto. And I think that's the Christmas story and the Easter story all wrapped yeah. up in one little parable there. It does sort of feel like it's more special to be able to watch this movie fraught with all this baggage at this point, which is also a product of me being a basket case just generally in my life. <laughs> you know, cause, cause it's like the original reason I didn't even watch it was the fear that was going to offend people that are not me. <laughs> so, so it's sort of like, uh, um, this, this, there's a lot of, there's a lot of me carrying more of a load than is really reasonable or appropriate, uh, in, in this sort of borderline narcissistic way. But, but the idea being that like, okay, if I hadn't seen Encanto with everybody else, and now months later I do and it's the same and I am immediately in step with everybody else. Well, then that sort of makes me feel like, well, why would I go watch Encanto? Because I've already seen what it's like for them and I could get there, but I'm like a couple months late. There's other things that are happening. They'll have moved on to something else. The idea of, of catching up with everybody, even though the anxiety of not having caught up with everybody is a stressor, the idea of catching up with everybody isn't that attractive. It isn't as attractive as I would have guessed that it would be in my mind. But the notion of now engaging with this thing on my own, on my own terms, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, okay, where am I going to watch Encanto? Maybe I'm going to take my car to a beach in the snow and I'm just going to watch it on my phone by myself with like a honeydew donuts coffee, <laughs> like, like in my, uh, in my thick, un- in my thick untrimmed beard and my like dusty unwashed baseball cap. Right. Like I'm going to sit there and there's going to be some, you know, old lady walking her dog on the beach. And it's just going to be me, uh, flicking on the intermittent windshield wipers as I experience this Colombian phantasmagoria. Uh, right. <laughs> and that'll be my encanto. And then, 
and, and that will be special uh, because, because, as you said, these things all need to be experienced subjectively, and that's not a, uh, a trivial thing to just you know, you know, uh, dismiss as not valuable. And the, the subjective experience of things is what makes them enjoyable. You know, Pete, the, um, the uh, Encanto is a is a a great film to uh, to like be at odds with your family about because <laughs> because Pete uh, Encanto is about generational trauma. Oh, I like how I'm not even entertaining the possibility of watching this with my son. By the way, who who by now is having like difficulty getting through a full episode of Blues Clues, right? And would definitely be saying different, different, like five minutes into the movie because <laughs> he wants to watch the YouTube video where Grover and Dave Matthews sing about being sad, and then split, stop it halfway through, and then do ten versions of the Wheels on the Bus in a row. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, it's a uh, it's a journey, man. But yeah, so Encanto is about intergenerate. Now I'm now I'm finding out what it's going. Now I'm now I'm enriching my eventual experience but getting the glosses yeah the bad the bad guy the bad guy in Encanto is colonialism okay great and, th- and awesome. that's uh you know and that's that's uh I've, that spoiler alert for for Encanto you know that's the I mean I've heard that but but I also feel like that doesn't tell me much about the movie because the bad guy is always colonialism oh so like, got it okay sorry uh so it, I don't feel like I understand it's, you know? it's not a, that I need to no no, no I'll, I'll I'll clear it all up Pete uh it's it's about uh colonialism and generational trauma but a musical Okay, uh, so not like oh. not like uh, Black Panther, which is also <laughs> about colonialism and generational trauma, but is not a musical, but has a great soundtrack. Has a soundtrack, but not a musical. You know, doesn't okay, got you it, know? Got it. Got it. Yeah, there's all many movies about colonialism and generational trauma. It's almost as if colonialism happened in the past. It was very traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like, almost like, almost, generation. almost like, you know, almost like we're, we're still kind of coping with it, but can't do it yeah. in a, can't do it in a straightforward way. And right. so we need our artists to kind of create these, you know, imaginary spaces, these, you know, uh, notional artistic spaces in, in which we can explore, uh, ideas and, and experiences related to, uh, this whole, uh, you know, complex of issues. Is there a term for like this sort of, degree or measure to which a place or time can be marked as sort of unreal or different by some sort of quality that's kind of meta-narrative, but also in the context of the story has kind of uh, material consequences, you know? Like, is there a thing that you could do to a place or a person that would cause them to change in a way that serves a story uh, that would also remind the viewer that they were watching a story hmm. and that kind of put them in a place in time that was kind of nonspecific. Mm-hmm. Um, like say, like say if the, if you felt like if you came to a story where someone was so overcome in a way, right. Is, is that what you're getting at? Where someone was just so, you know, that they, they like are, are kind of describing or interacting or talking that they, they just, they just can't talk. They just can't. I'm thinking like, imagine a girl named Ella, right? Okay. And she has a characteristic. Okay, got it, got it. Um, or like, uh, uh, or just if there's, I guess. I, so, so okay. Wait a minute. What if music is the enchantment, Matt? Is that what Encanto is about? I mean, the music it, isn't. It's is not that what it is. It's not no. not the enchantment. It's also okay. It's also butterflies are the enchantment, but you know that, that's spoilers. That's, <laughs> I get this far. <laughs> spoilers for Encanto, and now you go and ruin it. It, it was Mariposa's the whole time. There are pretty. There are pretty butterflies <laughs> in the in the animation. You know, it's really excellent. 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 I love you know, it. It's really, it's really nice. Well, Pete, I, I don't want to, I want to let you get back to Christmas because goodness knows it's, uh, you know, 
It's uh, it's it only almost, happens only happens as many times a year as you make it happen. Yeah, Matt. Christmas. <laughs> that's a line from from uh, of mice and men. I think when the when the like the foreman of the farm drops a jug, drops like a quart of whiskey <laughs> in the uh, in the bunkhouse with the men, and he says, "Christmas comes but once a year, boys," and just leaves them with their whiskey, which <laughs> seems like a f- terrible, terrible, terrible time. Um, yeah. Or or uh, it's a it's a line from. Oh, I forget which Brosnan and James Bond movie featuring, uh, <laughs> featuring. I, I think it's the world is not enough. The world right? is the world is not enough featuring Denise Richards as. I think it's that one as right? uh, that, yeah. nuclear scientist Christmas Jones. Um, you know, uh, and and he he uh you know uh, uh takes a contrary position <laughs> with <laughs> with respect to Christmas. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think it has the right one because that was the villain who had no sense in his face, right? He had like he had he had diamonds embedded in his skin, and he couldn't feel anything, and that was why the world wasn't enough because it didn't substitute for uh, the sensation that he was incapable of experiencing, mm. and that's why he wanted to enact vengeance on the world, which is a very similar to the general content of this podcast right and talking about how like you know christmas is not enough because it has to be you know you have to live it right it has to it is not merely enough for christmas to exist uh it, it must be it must be appreciated yeah. right? or at least experienced for for good or for ill well i mean uh, I, I guess it's similar with encanto right which i think we talked about previously in other sorts of philosophical if they get podcasts with regards to like whether mario exists when you're not playing a mario game sure things like that i yeah. I, I think that pete that the um you know uh, the thing that we need to realize is, uh, you know, maybe this, uh, maybe this, this podcast that we did, uh, not exactly under duress, but at, uh, under slightly different, slightly less than ideal conditions, you know, and and conditions that are different from the ones that we we you know uh, normally set up for ourselves doing doing podcasts. Maybe, uh, maybe the the real lesson here is that we ended up doing an overthinking it classic, which is you know talking for an hour about a movie that we haven't seen. Oh man, and to think and to think that we almost did the season premiere of Bel Air, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh remake today. Yeah, gritty reboot of uh yeah. of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Hey, Matt, Matt, do you think do you think I can get a rain check for that? <laughs> That's well, yeah, I mean it's uh you know, um look the the uh I was going to I was going to try to Bel Air us to to get us out well you know um i am here on the bleeding edge uh pete where the license plate says fresh and there are dice in the mirror uh <laughs> but that's you know um pete i i uh i did a uh i did a spin class i did a peloton spin class the other day that included the full not just the cut down for the the titles of the tv show but the full um including extra verses uh fresh prince of bel-air theme song and it's it's glorious i mean it is you know it is epic like not since homer has a you know has a journey has an odyssey been been um you know chronicled with such uh vividness and you know i don't know such uh, such humane insight well that sounds great and did you get what was your cadence was that? Oh, uh, well, it was a, it was a climb. So we were doing, now this is a story. Left, right, left, right, <laughs> left, right, left, right. Oh, yeah. I, I go, I don't go right, left. I go left, right. Cause, uh, cause Cause you were in marching band. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, cause I'm a, and, and also cause I'm a rebel. Um, the, uh, yeah, yeah it always bothered me in spin classes cause they make you start on the right. And in marching band, they always make you start on the left. Or at least yes. they did for me. 
And so, like, I found it really hard to cope. Um, of course, it never occurred to me to just start on the left because no one would care. Uh, but I guess I thought maybe if I was swaying back and forth in a different way from everybody else, I would bonk into them and we would all fall over domino style in the spin studio. I think that's how um, you uh, I, I think that's how you march in all kind of like militaristic marching applications. Right. <laughs> Isn't it like left, 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 right, left, left. Yeah, yeah, and the, and yep. then, you, then you get to the mess hall and are uh, presented with an entire tray of Stouffer's lasagna. All <laughs> all for me. And you know what I Excellent. said? It's what I always wanted. We'll be back next week with more Overthinking It podcast. Till then, visit us on the web at overthinkingit.com, where we subject nothing whatsoever to a, <laughs> to a level of scrutiny. It, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve. I know we didn't do it, but I'm going to hit you with a piece of knowledge that's going to make everything make sense. Okay, tell on a me. a certain topic that we didn't do. I can't wait. When you watch The Book of Boba Fett, uh-huh. all you have to do to have no problem with it is remember that it is not a Star Wars movie being made by Robert Rodriguez. It is a Robert Rodriguez movie <laughs> that happens to have Star Wars in it. It is not Mandalorian 2. It is El Mariachi 5. Five. <laughs> because there's Once Upon a Time in Mexico and then something else. And then this one. Uh, if, if you appreciate it as a meta text on a Mexican-centered reinterpretation of Westerns <laughs> with, a, with a sort of native twist, uh, and you appreciate how much Robert Rodriguez likes putting guns in suitcases, and <laughs> it is fine. And you will like every minute of it. You know, what will you give me if I make all of the show art and everything about the book of Boba Fett? And have, it, <laughs> have it be like, this is our Boba Fett podcast. Maybe a black and white cookie with Santa Claus on it. If I can find one. <laughs> Probably not this time of year, though. <laughs> mm.